0: The Air Force wants to move to a future where all of its major weapons systems are designed and built via digital engineering. But for that to work, the defense industry needs to be comfortable operating in digital worlds also. And those worlds need to all speak the same language. Air Force brass say they're making progress on that problem. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has the details. From now on, the Air Force wants all of the new systems it buys to adopt its new digital engineering philosophy. And for existing systems, officials want to digitize as many aspects as possible. For those new systems, the approach will mean building a digital thread for every aspect of a new weapons platform throughout its entire acquisition lifecycle, all the way till it reaches retirement, before the first physical copy is ever built. In fact, Dr. Will Roper, the Assistant Secretary of the Air Force for Acquisition, Logistics, and Technology, says at least in some cases, future acquisition contracts will be awarded based on those digital models, not physical prototypes.
1: So for you in industry, step one for you will be effectively a digital competition. So, you know, you you get put on contract, we make our government tech stack available to you, you get all the automation, you move whatever you've done prior to award in, and off you go. And depending on the nature of the program, we may take you up to uh, something short of a full e-system design, or we may take you all the way, where you design a fully integrated digital system. It may not be anchored. We may still decide we need to build a physical one, but we've at least exercised your digital engineering chops and felt like we've reduced a lot of the design and integration risk, even if we need to go get uh, some some test or, other, or data otherwise.
0: But for that model to work, contractors will need to build digital worlds that are compatible with the Air Force's digital environment while they're still designing the systems they plan to submit for bid. During an industry day this week, Roper said delivering vendors a how-to guide for doing that is a top priority.
1: We owe you pronto our government reference architecture. Remember, we've just started, so we're going to have to leap far ahead of our needs and provide industry The reference architecture we will be using for our tech stack so that it is easier for you to jump from internal developments into a program of record. For programs like GBSD, they had to begin by the program saying, here are the tools we're going to be using and you, industry, will use them as well. I think it's much better to give you the ability to skate ahead of the
0: puck. Much of that work is ongoing within a program called Weapon One, which has been working for the past nine months to build an open digital ecosystem for the Air Force's weapons programs, including by combining model-based systems engineering with some of the modeling and simulation capabilities the Air Force already has. Dr. Craig Ewing, the modeling and simulation lead for the Air Force Research Laboratory at Eglin Air Force Base, says Weapon 1 plans to release a draft version of its reference architecture for munitions by November, with its first official release in January.
1: It incorporates weapon open system architecture as part of it. Uh, Our current uh, GRA for collaborative weapons has about 25,000 elements in it, so that that we can all start getting on board uh, with what what the industry guys are doing, uh, for, their GR, uh, for their reference architectures and starting to match those two up together. We have to figure out that way to integrate all, uh, the industry um, digital engineering architectures with the government. Uh, one as well.
0: But Roper says the good news is this is a case where the Air Force is not lagging behind industry technology-wise. He says there are only a handful of examples where commercial manufacturers have adopted digital engineering in the comprehensive way the Air Force wants to, and they're all outside the aviation and defense industries, mostly in the automotive space. And the Air Force has had some early successes already. It's already built two new aircraft via digital engineering, the T-8 Trainer, and the first demonstrator of the next-generation air dominance system the Air Force disclosed last week. Ground-based strategic deterrent, the next generation of the Air Force's nuclear missile fleet, is also using end-to-end digital engineering.
1: But we can't jerk you around. We have to have the technical acumen on our team to be able to tell you how to build your stack so that when it's time for you to be on contract... It's seamless and one-to-one with ours. And then once you're on ours, all of that government automation that we've been working on together, comes to you as just a, you know free of charge GFE that directly reduces your risk, your integration risk. And so far, talking with company engineers and coders and program managers who have gotten to experience government automation on you know their industry uh, work breakdown structures, doing those and a government-automated tool with government automation in the background helping them traces directly to how much risk they have and pulling down that integration risk and putting more clarity and sentience on industry side so that you're not waiting on delivering that document to a government certifier and wondering when it comes back. You're, you're seven green check marks away that happen in less than a minute in our cloud, knowing whether or not, what you've done meets whatever certification you're achieving.
0: The Air Force also wants to build on some of the successes it's seen in the software world with its Cloud1 and Platform1 software development environment. There too, Roper says, the government has seen huge benefits by incorporating a high degree of automation into the development process.
1: Cloud1 One Platform1 One is a government-owned, uh, container fully container-native Kubernetes uh, software development platform. It has an authority to operate... That is, that is continuous and baked into the stack. And when we share it with industry, industry gets that authority to operate as well. We, we can let it convey because it's government-furnished infrastructure. And maybe that's not reason enough to think that we ought to be doing programs in future sharing a government-furnished tech stack. But once you see what's possible with having security Embedded in the tech stack itself, happening automatically in the background, then it opens up your eyes and your aperture to what is already common in commercial industry and can be common for us. And that's trying to automate nearly everything we do.
0: Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. This episode is brought to you by Zell.